Okay, so a little bit about me. My name is Tony Wynn. Uh, I'm excited to be able to share the message with you all tonight. And I'm married to Melissa, a delightful woman who I'm so blessed to call my wife and my best friend. She's actually back there. Yep. <laughs> Hello. And um, so both Melissa and I are both pastors with Chi Alpha, and we've been working here at Central's campus for the past six-plus years. And actually, Melissa joined staff first here seven years ago and helped build the current women's ministry to where it is now. So pretty cool. Um, we love and think uh, college students and international students are just the best. We love hanging out with you guys. And over this year, we'd love to get to know all of you better. Melissa and I have been married for five years. And in case you're wondering, I might not look like it, but I'm actually 31 years old. Um, <laughs> Melissa's 29. And we have a son named Tyler, and Becky's holding him right now. He's five months old. You could just wave to him. <laughs> and he was born on Mother's Day, which is pretty cool. So we love that guy so much. Every day is a great adventure with him, and he's super funny and cute. And so earlier today, there's a clip that we caught, and so you could see it up above. Play it again, one more time. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an adventure. As parents, we probably thought maybe he was sleepy, maybe something in the back of his head was kind of itchy, we don't know. Uh, pray for us, because we're trying to figure that out day by day. Um, it's great. So, okay, tonight our topic is being rooted in truth. So, what is truth? As we get into this topic, I remember that a couple thousand years ago, a political ruler named Pontius Pilate asked that very question, that question, what is truth, when he was faced, uh, face-to-face with Jesus. The fact is, our world is full of blindfolds, keeping us from realizing the truth that's often right in front of us, clearly waiting to be seen and acknowledged. The first thing we're going to explore tonight in answering that question, what is truth, is the fact that Jesus actually is the truth. Ironically, Pilate was staring Jesus in the face and asked that question, what is truth, and missed it completely. He missed the truth that was embodied right in front of him, right in front of his face. So let's instead not miss what God is clearly trying to show us and learn for reals how we find truth in this world and be rooted in that. So to answer this question of what is truth, let's jump into the Bible, starting at John 1.1. Um, If you have the orange Bibles that were passed out, it's on page 739. And so it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Then, skip to verse 14, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, Full of grace and truth. So, in the beginning was the Word, and He was with God. We're talking back in Genesis, the time when God created heaven and earth. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters as well, and all three, God, Holy Spirit, and Word, the Word, were all there. And so, what happens next in that account? God decided to make order out of chaos in six days, meaning God made day and night sky and land, vegetation, 
stars, sky, sea, land creatures, and even humanity, um, where it says, God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Thereby meaning humanity is actually to bear, is, is purpose to bear the image of God. They're supposed to, humanity, be, humanity is supposed to be like God, be like the Holy Spirit, and be like the Word. If you haven't read Genesis yet, um, check it out sometime. It's this fantastic narrative chock full of symbolism and imagery used throughout the Bible. So, but then, as we saw thousands of years later in the book of John, the Word did something new. He became flesh. The Word became flesh 2,000 plus years ago, or in other words, the Word became human and lived on earth, as mentioned by John's phrase of dwelling among us. So the Word is called the Son, and who came from the Father, meaning God, Father God, and God's Son is known as Jesus. Jesus is the Word. And according to John 1.14, he's full of grace and he's full of truth. So are you following me? Yeah? Jesus Christ is the word of God. He has been with God since the beginning and was with God when our entire world and everything in it was created. He is and has always been full of grace and full of truth as well. In kindness and in mercy also, he took on a human body so that he could reveal the truth to us human beings all of us here today. The first thing we learn about being rooted in truth is that we must be rooted in Jesus. So what does it look like to be rooted in Jesus? Jesus himself tells us more, which we find in John chapter 14, verses 6 through 7. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. We see here that Jesus is not only the truth, but he is also the only way for people to come to God. If we get to know who Jesus is and what he is like, then we also learn about God and also know him. To hear from God and learn how much he wants to actually invest in you, that's a really cool thing. So really, if you think about it, that, wow, who are we to be able to interact with the almighty God? How would you like to truly know God? Not as a big man upstairs or the dude on a throne seat in heaven, far away looking down at you and judging your actions, but actually as the one who delighted in creating you and wants the best for you every step of your life. Jesus also mentions, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. The they that Jesus refers to means us human beings. All of humanity, or roughly 7.6 billion people in this world today, is what he's talking about. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that people back in his day, all the way to now, the 7.6 billion people, could have life and live it to the fullest extent if we choose to be rooted in him, rooted in the truth. So how would you like to live life to the fullest? Doesn't that sound kind of fun and really fulfilling? Living life to the fullest? What would living life to the fullest look like for you? In another account of Jesus, uh, John 8, 31 through 32, he mentions to some people, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
Disciples is a fancy word for a follower of Jesus, and a disciple is a person who acts out Jesus' teaching. Um, they keep it when, actually, sorry, they act out Jesus' teaching and then try to exemplify it in their own life. So here's the cool part. By obeying Jesus' teaching and keeping it, we then know truth. We know the truth that sets us free, that gives us freedom. So how would you like to be set free? What would you like to be free from? Through Jesus, freedom is here and it's right now. You don't have to be stuck in an unending cycle of guilt or shame. And you can say no and walk free from crippling addictions like sex, drinking, or drugs. You can, have, you can learn to have meaningful and perhaps lifelong relationships that are pure and build each, up, build each other up rather than are only selfish. Um, Nate, a couple weeks ago, uh, shared at Chi Alpha and spoke on freedom through obedience. And I think he got it spot on. He mentioned that when we are rooted in love of Jesus and obedience to him, we are free to be our best selves. This is without distractions, insecurities, enslavements, that from other things having authority over our own lives. So, meaning we are free to be who we are meant to be and purposed to live out Jesus' truth and share it to the others around us. Jesus revealed the grace and truth of God through the gospel. And so the question is, what is the gospel? Have you heard of that word before? The gospel is known as good news, meaning it's the way to life, freedom from sin, and making an impact in the world through Jesus' teaching. This gospel comes from Jesus, and Jesus is truth. All of the questions I mentioned earlier all point to one man, who was God, I mean, God came down in a bod, who came down from heaven to earth in order to spend time with us, mankind, and show them a way to know God, to live life to the fullest, and the truth that God reveals to them would set them free from their sin problem permanently. How amazing is that? Now that you heard the good news of Jesus, I would like to make sure you have the opportunity to make a choice. For those of you who never heard the gospel before, or if you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus, I encourage you to do so. That's the first step to recognize and say yes to the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So that way you can start learning and getting to know God. If you're ready to make this decision, then choose to say these words. Jesus, you are the truth, and I believe you came to set me free from my sin. Make me clean, Jesus, and show me how to live life to the fullest every day. You can pray that between yourself and God right now, or ask a friend to pray for you. You can even pray this when we enter our worship time after the message as well. For those of you who aren't ready to declare Jesus is truth yet, that's totally okay. Share your doubts or questions with someone you trust, a friend if you will, and ask them why Jesus is truth to them. And if you need to, take the time you need before choosing to put your faith in Jesus. But just a word of encouragement. Um, this word is from someone who's walked in your shoes before in college. And I became a follower of Jesus when I was a freshman in college after a Chi Alpha night, just like this one. And honestly, it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. 
It was the best decision I could ever make. And by rooting myself in the truth, in Jesus, he helped set me free to live life to the fullest. But also, don't wait long. The, kind of, the idea is that why would you observe something that's so amazing when you could be a part of it right away, you know? Um, or worse, follow things that aren't truth, like I did, being Buddhist for 12 years, before friends invited me to Chi Alpha, and I learned about Jesus my freshman year. So, all right. The first key to being rooted into the truth is to be rooted in Jesus by choosing to follow him. The second thing I want to explore tonight is how do we stay rooted in the truth in an ongoing way? How do we keep living in the truth all of our lives? Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is so true. Why would we want to return to, st- to sin and be stuck again or be enslaved? Our foundation of who we are is in Jesus, and we need to always turn to Jesus for wisdom as he is the word. God's truth is revealed to us in this, the Bible, and this is very important. We need to daily be washed in the truth of God's word to not let things creep into the foundation of our lives and to keep living actually in the truth. Got another passage, uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's cool is that these verses hold the answer to our question of how we stand firm on our foundation in Jesus and continuously live the truth. The verses say to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, having them be holy, or in other words, set apart, and pleasing to God. What's pleasing to God is to actually obey him. Then it says to not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Reading the Bible daily is like taking a shower where you get to wash off all the gunk off of you, and your mind is refreshed in the truth. But it doesn't stop there. You'll be able to know God's will and identify what is true and what is false, what is a wise choice and what, what wise path to take. And that's, that's pretty sweet. However, let's, let's not just hear the word, but also be doers of the word as well. I want to ask, when and where are you going to spend time reading the Bible? It's a really good question, because this means, in other words, when and where are you going to spend time with God as you dive into the Bible? If you wanted to know where to start reading the Bible, you could try the book of John, um, as some of it may be familiar from our talk today. This could be part of your daily morning or evening routine. And it's important that when we spend time with God, we actually include the Bible. This is one thing that really can't be replaced. Being washed daily by God's word will help you to be transformed and your mind to be renewed, as it says in that passage. So while many of us, and even myself actually, love to be able to listen to you know, worship music, tune into podcasts, look into YouTube videos, or even listen to your favorite pastor or sermon, 
This should not be the only primary method of connecting with God. Um, You know, don't get me wrong. Those are all great. But to make your time with God only those things and not reading the Bible for yourself means you would only rob yourself of the riches of learning God's heart and will revealed to you. So while many people, many of these people have taken countless hours to study, to learn about God, to um, build up their theology, even craft great messages, or meditate over God's word to create beautiful songs, those are all true. Don't let the ease of clicking a button, or dare I say the laziness of opening a book, keep you from testing and approving what God's will is. I mean, isn't there something fantastic when you or I realize for the first time or even the fifth time that what something means and how profound that truth can be in our own lives, in your life, or even in the life of others? That's important. Well, so just like these options like John Piper, The Bible Project, Bethel Church Music, or N.T. Wright, they all sought to learn more about God. That is true. They all sought to be well-rounded in their knowledge of truth. That is very much true. They all took time and effort to grow. Why shouldn't we? So I challenge you as friends and as I challenge myself really too. Think for yourself, how does God love me? Who is Jesus to me? What do I think about God's word? It was, how does God love me? Who is Jesus to me? And what do I think about God's word? With those questions, come to your own conclusions and your own convictions by including reading from the Bible to answer that question. This week and next week, in your core or one-on-ones, or ask your friends, ask your facilitator um, about how to do a soaped Bible study. It's pretty good stuff. So now, let's uh, flip over to Colossians 2, 6 through 8. Uh, if you're in the orange uh, Chi Alpha Bibles, it's on page 822. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. As you've either declared that Jesus is the truth just a moment ago, or if you've done it before already, we still need to continue to be rooted and built up in Jesus. So take a moment and look introspectively. What were things that you would wrestle with or believe before being a follower of Jesus? What are also things that you currently wrestle with as a follower of Jesus right now? As said in the Colossians verses, these things, whether they are thoughts, sin, or external factors, they take you captive. They stop you from being who you were meant to be in Jesus. Um, Unfortunately, these things are hollow and deceptive. They're considered the norm and celebrated in our modern society today. They're of the world and in direct contradiction to the life of Jesus. They even creep into the foundation of the gospel that Jesus built in you and really want to crowd out that truth and choke you. 
Well, I got a story about our family to share. Can I share that? All right. So about a year and eight months ago, Melissa and I became new homeowners here in Ellensburg. Woo! So by the blessing of our family, we were able to make the down payment and move into our new home. Over time, we learned, wow, it takes a lot to take care of your own house, especially when you have an infant baby to take care of too, right? So, but there's this thing. It's called weeds. They're the worst, seriously. This last summer, a patch of gravel next to our garage grew some weeds. And at the beginning, it bothered me in a funny way that they were there. I always kept saying, I better take care of that, but didn't. Melissa called them Tony's garden. (laughs) And would jokingly tease me about it. And every time we were leaving our house and we passed the weeds, I would slow down and stare at the weeds that I didn't like. And Melissa would say, no, no looking at the weeds. We have to go. We're late. So in the beginning, it was funny, but as the summer went on, let's just say that we found out quickly that if you don't weed an area of space right away or regularly, the growth gets exponential at some point. So you'll see a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) This picture is from early August when it was no longer funny. But this was still a month, actually, before I pulled them out. So by early September, the weeds have become taller than our fence. We didn't get a picture of it because we were too mad at them. <laughs> they, are crowded over, they crowded over our driveway, scraped our car when we drove in and out of the garage. Here's the worst part. The weeds were mature enough to flower, and these, these, there were these little fuzzy balls that were just flying everywhere around our driveway, around the gravel. Um, I didn't realize it until Labor Day weekend when my parents came and visited us. Um, my dad helped me buy special tools to deforest those. And uh, I realized that they were causing my chronic allergy problems <laughs> all summer. <laughs> so it was bad. I guess you can say it literally made me choke and have a difficult time breathing, yeah? But think about, so think about weeds for a second. What are they? They are wild plants that grow where they're unwanted, Yes. Often when weeds take root, they grow and crowd everything else out and stick out like a sore thumb. Let's say that the weeds in our own lives are lies. What weeds or lies have taken root in your own life? Here are some that I've dealt with in my own life. You are not an effective pastor. You are the worst student. You are not a faithful man. You are flawed at communicating. You will never get free from that sin. These lies or weeds are choking and debilitating. If they are things that you have been dealing with or believed for for many years, they have matured a lot and are difficult to pluck or unroot. So again, think inward and think how life has been. What weeds or lies have you believed and think are truth? How are they shaping your life and how you respond to things today? Take, for example, a flower bed. When there are many weeds or lies that have taken root, those flowers then get choked and imprisoned. They can't grow the right way. Uh, They don't have space. They'll eventually be run over, and their health is affected. This This is the same thing with our own lives. Pretty soon, that lie will dictate your own actions and who you are. 
A person who was once bold and confident in what they do turns timid and insecure. A person who was listening to what is true now follows, uh, true and good, now follows what are lies and deception. So here's another slide. <laughs> like my dad helped me um, finally pull up those weeds and totally get rid of them, we can be truth tellers to one another and help each other out. Cassidy said last week, it is each individual's responsibility of making our community a good place. So living rooted in the truth goes this way too. As we spend regular time reading the Bible, then we have God's truth fresh in our own brains to share with others and our friends. Not only does God pull up the weeds in our own lives through what we read in the Bible ourselves, and often actually he helps us with that process by sharing God's truth with each other. So when you read something in the Bible, ask, God, who, who can I share this with? In conclusion, to be rooted in the truth, we must root ourselves in Jesus by receiving the grace and truth in the gospel. We must be washed in the truth of the word daily so we can continually test and approve God's will. That will help reveal weeds in our own lives and then Jesus can help pull them out with us so we can remain rooted in only God's truth, not in any lies of the world. So as I ask the worship team members to come up, let's think about a few ways, actually four ways, on how we could respond to this. So perhaps uh, one of these four ways is a way that you need to do, you need to do something about what you've heard in order to respond. One is accept the gospel and choose to be rooted in the truth by following Jesus. Second is choose to begin a daily God time. Think about when you're going to do about, when you're going to do that, where you're going to do it, and then even what. Try John. Third, recognize lies that have grown in your mind or in your own life as weeds and uproot them. Ask Jesus to help you with that. Fourth, what truths do you have to share with a friend tonight or even the person right next to you? If you have something, go and share that. All right, I'm going to pray. Lord God, thank you so much for revealing truth to us. That truth is in your Son. And Lord, help us to continuously, daily say yes to you. It might be in some little action or a big step or something that's so deeply rooted in us that you're saying, I want to pluck out. So God, help us to have the courage to do so. Um, Help us to continue to read your word in order to be renewed in our minds so that way we're solid on our foundation of you. And thank you so much for the opportunity to do something like this because, God, you care about us. You delight in us. Um, You're an act of God that you would stand up in order to meet us. You'd send your son to come down here to meet us as well. So thank you so much. God, help us to continue processing this. In Jesus' name, amen.